of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. All right. I, I can see that we have some voice notes. We'll play some of your voice notes uh, during the open line at 15 minutes before 9. So we're not ignoring your voice notes. We will play them and those texts, I can see them. Not to worry, we're not ignoring them. We'll play them um, uh, at 15 minutes before 9 on the open line where we are engaging on other things or any other thing, whatever it is that's on your mind. All right, now we are moving on to our next conversation. Um, and this conversation is um, about the South African Council of Churches. They um, would love to talk about the issue of, well, turbulence in the country, a state of turbulence in the country, a rather interesting reflection we're going to hear from the South African Council of Churches. We do have Reverend Mzwandile Moro, Director of the Church Liaison, Director of and the Church Liaison and Community Empowerment at the South African Council of Churches. Uh, Reverend Moro, good evening to you. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. And good evening to your listeners. My pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, sir. What 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 are you referring to? What it is? What is it that you are bringing to the attention of society when you're talking about the state of turbulence in our country? Mm, that statement that we've made as Southern Catholic Churches is a result of the reflection of our member churches, uh, which met uh, to what we call a central committee. Which is which comprise which comprises of all our member churches, from the presidents and the general secretaries of our of them and young people and uh, women. In our reflection, uh, as we gathered to ask the question, what is the thermometer of South Africa? And what we have discovered is that no institution in this country is an institution that is immune to turbulence, which could be found in its moral character, which could be found in the issues of hunger and poverty, which could be found in political instability, which could be found in these issues of mental illness, it could be found in the society that is clearly um, showing signs of violence as the, as the first and almost only option of dealing with all our differences. Whether that comes from talking about those who might not be uh, South African citizens who are part of this country and 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 and, and the economy, uh, or it talks about political differences, the instability that comes with all those who are supposed to lead us politically, whether it is not it is nationally or whether it is it is in local government. No, when we think that there are solutions coming, the political nature of our country does not give stability. If you go back to June, uh, July last year we find the unrest that, that found itself into the streets of Houteng and KZN. If you go to church life, you find that churches have not become spaces of hope. That in some cases, we find that churches have become spaces where our people feel vulnerable, our people exploited, whether materially, or our people exploited in, in a sexual and objectifying manner. So all sectors of this country do create a lack of moral stability, and therefore a sense of turbulence that we are deeply concerned about. 
I'm I'm not quite sure I follow what it is that the South African Council of Churches is calling on. And by the way, before we even continue, let me just point out that this is something that is based on the letter of the 28th of October, um, the open letter to South African public from the South African Council of Churches Central Committee. And their title on that letter is South Africa in a State of Turbulence. The SACC calls for radical honesty in addressing national issues. And they list some of the issues that they're decrying and what they're calling for and all of that. But just on the topic there, uh, Reverend Molo, I'm not quite sure I understand why it is that you're saying there. A radical honesty in addressing national issues? Are you suggesting that the country is dishonest and is probably, what, lying to itself? What do you mean by that? The notion of radical honesty is the ability to confront the ugliness of our current reality with the truth that says all of us in our own spaces in many ways are responsible for what the country is like, what the country should be like. And part of the truth about our South African reality right now, as I indicated to you earlier on, if you look at the space where the church operates, the church has failed in its task to be a place of hope and regeneration of a campus that allows this country to find its way forward. Our politics are not politics based on common good. Our politics on, on, on the naked pursuit for power and the ability for our leaders to amass for themselves what they can get out of the system. On, yes. that, on that very note there, Reverend, on that very note yes. on uh, uh, individualistic politics, in all, all democracies the world over, once we, the, 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 uh, the country enters a state of democracy, it has always been a very self-centered endeavor. I don't know, I have, as a student of history, I have never seen a country that has entered this fray called democracy and still maintained its integrity before it got into democracy. I'm not quite sure what you mean when you say for the common good, because the rhetoric says for the common good, but the practice is on the opposite side. We, we, we can all and, I, and go to choose historical moments. If you go back and go to what you might call the, the German experience after the after the, the, the Second World War, yes. you might look at what informed that kind of common good approach that was uh, informative of their politics and their national agenda. You can go into that conversation and find that politics do not inevitably... Was, was Germany in a state of democracy at the time, so, sir, after the Second no, no, World were. War? World War they were. After the Second World War, they were. The point I'm making now to you and to everybody else, this idea that politics are inevitably self-centered is, is for me, is an, it is an absence or at least an ignoring of the nobility of politics as an offering to society to serve society. That at the core of public service is the need to say to us whatever policy differences we might hold, whatever ideas we might hold as, 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 as ideological positions we must have, there is a common good that our Constitution enjoins us into. Where all of us have committed ourselves to a constitution of South Africa, and it's in, 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 in its preamble, we 
we are enjoined to heal the wounds of the past. And that is the responsibility we give to ourselves as a nation, a responsibility we give ourselves as, 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 political, as politicians who wish to serve us. And we, as people of South Africa, cannot cynically accept this idea that for politics to be politics, it has to be self-centered. I fundamentally disagree with that because it is our own understanding that at the core of politics is the issue of public service. And public service from us is inspired by our notion of who God is and what God calls on all of us as to become neighbors who are accountable and responsible through radical love in order for us to serve one another. And at the core of that idea, Naya, is not politics to, for self-service and self-centeredness. Because if we cynically accept that, then what we're then saying is that politicians are not to be held accountable by what society believes to be its common good. And therefore, voting, therefore, is, is, is almost a waste of our time. We vote because we believe those we vote for are going to serve us in a common interest of the country. That is what the Zambian Constitution calls us to be, and that's what the realities of our own time demands of us as a people. And as the FNCC, we are saying to ourselves, therefore, part of our own recorrection, it is to face the truth of the ugliness and begin to see within our own selves that the traits of goodness that allows us to fight corruption, that allows us to fight malfeasance, that allows us to to work for healing and reconciliation, that, that, that allows us to fight for accountability, that allows us to say to churches that you are centers of hope rather than centers of exploitation. That's why we are calling on our own people to become active citizens in changing the narrative and the vision of the future. Let me read something from your letter. It says, if we are radical or radically honest with ourselves, we will admit that our women and children are not safe today with the levels of violence and sexual abuse against them at alarming levels. We're beating, raping, mutilating, and killing women and children. Women are underrepresented in positions of leadership and authority in all sectors, even though women outnumber men in our country. Our children are not children. They are growing up with the weight of our actions and decisions as adults, as their reality, and they are losing out on important developmental steps as a result. Full stop, close quote. Did I read that excerpt correctly there, Reverend? Yes, yes, you read it, Naya. Okay. I'm curious. This is something that has been said even during the times of the present Mbeki. We have heard these very things said. We have seen so many. I do not know a president. After Meki, we had Mutlante. After Mutlante, we had Zuma. After Zuma, we had Ramaphosa. We have heard all of them talking about these things. What do you mean when you say, if we are radically honest, we will ad- ad- admit these? They've already been admitted way back during the last term of Meki already. I'm glad you raised that question, Nile, because in our calling for radical honesty, we are calling beyond simply saying in lip service terms that this is what is happening. We are calling for us, uh, for example, we are calling for all male South Africans to look themselves in the mirror and realize that part of what it is that we're dealing with is not an, an activity of some people who are there outside of myself, of people who are uh, perpetrating 
these violent acts and therefore they are just outside there and they're doing what they are doing and I need to stand up and say they do not beat our women. I need to also ask myself at the common fundamental level from the teachings I have, both from my culture, from my religion, and even from my own socialization as a young man who grew up in a certain area, that everything that I have done, everything that has shaped me is contributing to this fundamentally, not as a not as an not as an a kind of an excess act of one or two people, but as a fundamental definer of how society is structured. And that radical therefore calls not only to see these issues as exceptions or as people do it somewhere there, but as a commitment from the individual to the institution to say, at the core of the challenge we face is a fundamental institutional individual responsibility that we must all embrace in order for us to transform this country seriously and deliberately. Otherwise, we are able to make what you call rhetorical statements that do not engage us in a very radical commitment to say, radical honesty demands of us not only not only to say it, but to find ways to reflect deeply on myself, the institutions I'm part of, and therefore the institution of the country, and help those institutions then to find ways that are radically committed to changing what we're dealing with. Otherwise, we are going to deal with exceptions and the fundamentals remain what they are. Here's my parting question. Now that South Africans have read your letter, what do you want them to do? As I've just indicated now, the first thing we are calling for South Africans, we are making a call firstly to those who are part of the church. So that's the first point we start. Those are the people who listen to us. We are calling upon them to look at themselves individually, look at themselves as, as part of churches, look at themselves as part of political institutions or organizations, look at themselves as part of government. If, if they have already done that according to them, what else do you want them to do? Then if they've done that, then we must ask the question, what actions have they, t- they taken to radically change the situation like? Which they cannot just simply, you see as a Christian, I am called not only to say I have done wrong, I am called to say I've done wrong and, rad- and commit myself to a radical new different way of being. And therefore, where self-centeredness was at the core of who I was as a way of relating to society, once I admit my sin before God, I receive an invitation to be an agent of love, to be an agent of transformation, to be an agent of justice. And therefore, I think to anybody who says, I have done this reflection, we now must move then from doing the, doing the reflection into what agency have you deployed in order for you to become part of that agent of transformation. For example, we are saying to South Africa, it is, it is totally, totally unsustainable to have 70% or so of young people who are unemployed. You are creating a dangerous concoction that is going to erupt in your face. We are therefore saying to those who are Christian, we then say to those who are South Africans, it is time for us to look at the economic architecture of this country. The economic architecture of this country has not served the imperatives of freedom the way they should have. Corruption has done what corruption has soiled the, the effort. But there are also fundamental things that we need to deal with, such that allows us to say, if we are going to sit around and expect a, 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 a country of hope where our people are deliberately and systematically excluded from the livelihoods of economic activity, we are creating a very difficult future for ourselves. So we need to talk seriously 
about what is the architecture of our economic system. We need to talk about our identities. We need to talk about what does it mean to be South African? What does it mean to be one? We all know the notion of Ubuntu. But how can we be an, an Ubuntu of a society where violence dominates, where division dominates? And how then do we all say to ourselves, we need to enter into serious, serious actions and practices that demands of us to act together for the sake of creating a different country where hope triumphs the cynicism that has enveloped our people. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it right there. Thank you very much, Reverend. We really appreciate your call. Um, we, we would love people to read that letter. It's the open letter. And uh, listen what, to what they are calling for, particularly those people who are claiming to be religious people. Reverend Moro, thank you very much for your time. Reverend Mzwandi Lemolo is the director and uh, church liaison and community empowerment at the South African Council of Churches.